and welcome to Natural Health Simplified, where we help you cut through the noise and provide simple science-based strategies to help you live a healthy life. I'm Pam Stone, and as always, my co-host Leslie Braun, Director of Blackmores Institute, is joining us on the line. Hello, Leslie. How are you? Hi, Pam. Now, probiotics have grown in popularity over recent years, and now it seems every pharmacy, every health food store and naturopathic clinic does seem to be recommending them. But there's still a lot of confusion about what they are and how to take them and how they work. So today, let's cover the probiotic ABCs. And firstly, though, I have to say, Leslie, who ever thought that bacteria could be good for our health? I know. We often think about bacteria being bad, but in fact, we know there is a thing called good bacteria. So it was actually in the 1900s that there was a Russian Nobel Prize winner called Eli Meshnikov, and he's also known as the father of modern immunology. And he first proposed that lactic acid bacteria could have a therapeutic effect in the body. Mm. So he clearly saw that there were some bacteria that could have a beneficial effect, whereas it was really well known that others could be very harmful. Right. And since, you know, since then, there's been thousands and thousands of trials looking at this particular area. So the one thing that we know, Pam, it's not just bacteria, but in fact, we host trillions of microorganisms. Mm. And these are things like fungi, parasites, viruses as well. And the largest numbers of these you find in the small and large intestine, so in the gut, Mm. but you find them nearly everywhere. So the nose, the mouth, the skin, the GIT, genital and urinary systems as well. And in fact, there are 10 times more microorganisms than cells in our body. Wow. So (laughs) it's like this invisible organ that we have all around us and in us. Now, one of the things that we are starting to recognise with more research coming through is that it's actually the mix of these different bugs, I guess, that's really important to health. And the term probiotics... Again, it emerged around the 1900s, now being uh, well recognised by the World Health Organisation as live microorganisms, which when taken in adequate amounts, confer a health benefit to the host. Hmm. So if anyone thought this was a passing fad, it's certainly not a passing fad. In fact, probiotics and the microbiome are some of the hottest areas of research at the moment, and they're only gaining momentum. So let's address some of this confusion, perhaps. So we're talking about probiotics, but you've also mentioned the microbiome, and I also hear the term microbiota. So what do these terms mean? How do they relate to each other? Look, it is really easy to get confused, so I'll try and make it simple. The microbiota, which we sometimes call the microflora, is the community or the population of microbes that collectively inhabit a specific area like our gut. Mm -hmm. So this could be bacteria, fungi, yeasts. And the microbiome is really referring to the overall habitat itself, which is why we sometimes call it the invisible organ. Oh, wow. Yeah, good. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) So that's the main difference. And probiotics are those health-promoting microorganisms that you can find in products, you can find them in foods and supplements, and they are used to help maintain and restore that beneficial balance. Okay. Yeah. So sounds like probiotic supplements alter the microbiome by changing the balance. Yes. So how does that improve our health? So if we just start by focusing on the gut, you find a healthy microbiome helps to keep the bowel healthy and regular. It's also involved in vitamin production as well as vitamin absorption 
and it can crowd out any of those bad bacteria that can enter the gut by eating the wrong foods, for example, that can make us sick, which is why it's often used for preventing things like traveller's diarrhoea. But in addition to all of that, there's now research suggesting a link between the healthy microbiome and immune function and even mood because we know many of the mood chemicals are actually produced in the gut. So a balance of healthy bacteria is going to be really important for overall health and well-being in many different ways. Well, more to this than meets the eye, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so it does seem like balance is the key and it can be yes. a constant battle perhaps to keep the bad bugs in check with sufficient good healthy bacteria. Yes. So how do, how do things get upset? What should we be looking out for? Well, there's a range of factors that can upset the balance, and probably the most well-known of all of these is antibiotics. But it's not just antibiotics. We know there are many other medications that can throw out the balance as well. Also, anything that upsets the gut, like vomiting, constipation, Mm -hmm. diarrhea, all of these things are going to upset the balance as well. Mm. But also infections, the food that we eat, hormonal changes, and stress, as well as ageing. Ageing also has an impact here too. So when you say it's a constant battle to try and keep the balance, you're absolutely right. Okay. So, Leslie, perhaps we've needed a course of antibiotics. So when then do we take the probiotics? Look, it's a great question because there is a lot of confusion. And it is important to take a probiotic at the right time to get the benefit. So firstly, we know that antibiotics can disrupt the microbiome. But most people don't realise it can disrupt the microbiome for many months afterwards. Mm. So it's not unreasonable to take a probiotic for up to even 30 days after you've completed your course of antibiotics. Okay. But I think the most important thing to remember is that you shouldn't take them at exactly the same time. Mm-hmm. It's it's best if you can break the dose up. So, you know, one to two hours after your antibiotics is the best time to take the probiotics. Mm. And um, not only is it going to try and restore and rebalance the microbiome, but it can also lessen the side effects of some antibiotics like diarrhea. In fact, there was one very large systematic review which showed that those people taking probiotics during the course of their antibiotics had 50% less diarrhea associated with those antibiotics compared to the people that were not taking them. So it can have a big effect. Wow, that is that is in, impressive. So firstly, how can we get probiotics naturally in our diet? What we need to be thinking about is fermented foods. Mm. So yogurt's obviously a really obvious one and mm-hmm. everyone's very comfortable and understands yogurt contains probiotics. Um, but there's also a lot of other traditional fermented foods which can be rich sources. And we're starting to find that they're more available as well. So fermented vegetables, sauerkraut and kimchi, for example, um, fermented legumes like tempeh and miso, but also fermented dairy products like kefir and even fermented teas like kombucha. So all of those fermented foods contain probiotics. And as you say, there actually are so many options these days, and even there it can be confusing to know which food products are best, being so many to choose from. And I'm also wondering how food sources compare with supplements. Well, the thing to look at is something called a colony-forming unit, or a CFU. Mm -hmm. So CFUs will give you an idea of the concentration of probiotics in different foods or different supplements. So to give you an idea, um, a three-quarter cup of yogurt, or say 200 grams of yogurt, Mm -hmm. often contains somewhere between 100 million to 1 billion CFUs. Mm -hmm. So you do tend to find that supplements have a lot more than what you find in yogurt. And so check for the CFUs on the label. Okay. Oh, that's that's a good starting point. So, and I guess I also would love to know, talking about food, I've 
come across the term prebiotic. Where does that fit in? So prebiotics act as a food and nourishment for the healthy probiotic microflora in the gut. I guess another way to describe it is it's like it's um, healthy fertilizer for your microbiome. So it's really just an indigestible fiber and you find it in many different foods like onions and garlic or asparagus, even bananas and oats and apples and wheat germ. All of these things contain this indigestible fiber, which helps to build a healthy microbiome balance. Oh, that's very interesting. So, all right, so back to probiotics. There seems to be a number of different types of probiotics listed on product labels. How do we choose? Well, the most common that you tend to find are from the groups the lactobacillus or bifidobacterium mm-hmm. classes. But there's some other beneficial bacteria as well which are used as probiotics, and they might be yeasts such as Saccharomyces boulardii. So to answer your question, there are different types of probiotics and they can have different effects. So research is typically done on a specific strain of the bacteria as well as a specific concentration. So what people should be doing is looking for a product that contains some of these well-researched strains. And you can see them written on the label. Mm. So that's something to keep in mind. The other thing to keep in mind is more strains is not always better. But it depends on getting the right strain. So the clinically trialled strains of bacteria is really what you're wanting. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is the dose. So higher dose is not always better because you don't always need the highest dose. But it's the right dose. So the clinically tested dose, which is the one that's of most importance to look for. The other thing is we know some probiotic supplements do require refrigeration, but others are stable at room temperature. So that's something else to keep in mind, making sure that you store your probiotics in the right way. Mm, Very good. So such excellent advice here, Leslie. So before we go, are there any general guidelines on who can take probiotics? Well, probiotics are considered really safe for human consumption. Um, We know that they're safe in pregnancy, pregnant women take them, babies have them, young children have them. They are very safe. But if you're not sure or you've got a serious digestive disorder, it's always good to check with your healthcare practitioner. Thank you, Leslie. You've cleared up so much confusion and actually given me a whole new respect for my microbiome. So I do look forward to talking next time about how to apply the the science in different health areas. Thanks, Pam. It's a fascinating area. You've been listening to Natural Health Simplified, powered by Blackmore's Institute. Thanks for joining us today. And if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, we'd love to hear from you. So please get in touch at info at blackmoresinstitute.org. I'm Pam Stone. Thanks for listening.